What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Coach Joe Strong, here to bring you another great episode of the Business of Strength podcast, where you can hear the tips, interviews, and tools to turn your passion for strength into a profit. This episode is brought to you by the CPPS certification, one of the most cutting-edge certifications in the world, led by legendary coach Joe DeFranco and James Smitty Diesel. We're so excited to have these guys here. They're coming to Varsity House live. They're bringing back live in-person in, in instruction May 14th here at Varsity House. You can sign that up. You can sign up and register for this program at cppscoaches.com, cppscoaches.com. Use the code VARSITY to get a 25% discount. Joan Smitty is super generous to all of our listeners to give you a great discount to save you real money. Do not miss out on this amazing opportunity to learn from two of the best in the industry. Come here to Varsity House, hang out with us, meet our team, meet their team, and really just immerse yourself in an amazing weekend of learning and education to level up your career. Today, my guest is a return co-host who's been on the podcast several times. He's one of our close, close friends, an amazing gym owners, leader, uh, father, protector, you name it. He's the guy we go to when it, when it comes to leadership, and it's our man Tony Smith from the Garage Gym. We're talking leadership and the words that define great leadership and culture in your gym. We have some great highlights for you. Tony talks about setting the bar real high and how dead babies, you know, uh, see, seeing tragedy, um, you know, made him immune to high levels of stress, how to drive culture by action. Something we talk about here at Varsity House all the time, that GSF, our give a shit factor, Tony's Tango One Solutions and tactical training programs, how he's helping turn corporations and CEOs in, into, into great leaders and, and servant cultures. And ha and much 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 more. So this is a must uh, listen episode. Anytime we've ever had Tony on, the, you know the fans really love it. He's a, he's as real as it gets. You know, ten years SWAT team leader. Uh, you know, super savage in the gym turned you know fitness you know guru and, and amazing gym owner businessman. So you know you can learn a lot from Tony. So if you are a gym owner, head coach, CEO, or are thinking about opening up a gym, you need the business of strength. You need coaching. You need mentorship. You need to surround yourself with other like-minded individuals. And we are running our next two-day business seminar Thursday and Friday, May twelfth and 13th here at varsity house we are excited we're in person this is live we'll get everybody in the gym you'll be able to peel back the curtain and see exactly how we run our systems here we're going to teach you our customer service our, our systems our, our marketing plans our sales systems and and how we run our team and level up our team each and every single year so don't miss out if you are in the gym industry that weekend we'll give you the most jam-packed opportunity for learning you can come here for two-day business and strength thursday and friday stay for the CPPS on Saturday and walk away on Sunday, a better gym owner, coach, fit pro in every single way. This is a great opportunity to get a double whammy learning. Go to businessofstrength.com to sign up for the business strength. Go to cppscoaches.com to sign up for the PPS. And we hope to see you here in May. Tony Smith, everybody, our good friend. Stay strong, gym owners. This is the business of strength. Hey, what's up, gang? I'm here with my man, Tony Smith from the Garage Gym in uh, the Windsor Amherstburg area up just over the border from Detroit and Canada. And uh, we're excited to have you, Tony. Tony's been on the uh, cast a couple times. So, you know, we always wind up telling some more stories and having some fun. And uh, I really appreciate uh, him coming on. He's definitely, you know, one of the guys that I look towards for uh, leadership tactics and, and, and running the team. He's got a great culture, great community uh, up at his gyms. And he spawned that into, um, some other side businesses like your Tango One Solutions and stuff where he's, you know, coaching leadership and coaching uh, life skills in a sense to, uh, to a variety of people and, you know, men in particular who are coming to his uh, uh, seminars and things like that. So, Tony, thanks for coming on. And I appreciate you being here, my man. And uh, let, let's get to business. Man, I really am excited to be back on, man. I, have, I think it's my third or fourth time on here. Yeah, dude. Like you're, you're our most repeat customer for sure. Our most well, customer, our most repeat, um, you know, uh, uh, podcaster and co-host. So, you know, always excited, you know, for, for those of you, um, maybe first time hearing Tony on the cast, you know, I've, we've known Tony for a bunch of years, trained together a lot, uh, uh, back in the day in, in, you know, 2014, 2015 through, you know, through the Jim Jones community that we were a part of back in the day. 
um, had a bunch of war stories and fun adventures together, traveling and doing some cool things. And, uh, you know, Tony, Tony was a cop. Um, and, and then, you know, kind of, kind of left all left, left it all behind to, to go into the gym, to go in the me head business. And, yeah, uh, man. so, so tell, tell, tell a little quick version of, uh, of your story, Tony, and kind of how that led you down this path to leadership and accountability and really, you know, uh, kind of transitioning also from the gym to the tango one thing that you got going on. It's funny. It's kind of been like runs has run full circle, a great deal of, of the gym success, for whatever you want to measure that as is because of you and Dan and the business of strength. We were one of your first customers, man. Yeah. And that was one of the best decisions we ever made. I mean, even to the point where we had this week, we had guys on with you again, a newer yep. squad of, of team members I got that are listening to you guys and coming up and, and, you know, I love how your ideas are. I'm listening to you guys talk. A lot of it is the same, but a lot of it is different. You guys are always sure. evolving. So super, but the same kind of thing here is like the, the evolution is kind of like the SWAT and police gave me the forum and the, my like love for fitness, I guess, gave me the forum to open this gym. And you know, I would like to say a better life for my family and I, just because of the stress and the shift work and everything. And my wife, mm-hmm. obviously she retired as a police officer too, or from being a police officer. But then that kind of like, put me in front of a lot of people and gave me the opportunity to kind of get back to where my real true passion. I think the reason the gym succeeded wasn't because I knew how to run a business. I mean, that's why I had to hire you guys and uh, <laughs> lean on you guys so heavy. And, uh, but what I knew how to do was build culture. And I think that's why we were succeeding to the point where like, you know, we had a hundred members and we didn't even have a system of tracking who was coming and going. I mean, at one point, cause we built that so fast. So back into that was where my passion lied so that, Gave me the opportunity now to kind of have a resume within business so that, you know, CEOs, for lack of a better word, can uh, mm-hmm. can trust in me yep. that, I, that I do kind of know a little bit about business. And so going in and, you know, teaching leadership, whether that's within businesses and we started to dabble in like emergency response in businesses with something like here in Canada, very little, very few people have the ability, you know, there's a lot of shops around here, mm-hmm. a lot of contractors, somebody puts a, you know, an ax through their artery, can you handle it? You know, or is there, is there an active shooter comes into your factory. Okay. What are you going to do? And like, so helping to implement plans and stuff like that has become another branch of the tangle one. So it's been real fun to kind of lean back into there and running, obviously the leadership camps, which if this border stuff ever slows down. Uh, you guys still owe me. A uh, yeah. Coming down. Uh, yeah. You don't want to, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I can't uh, wait. I, I just want to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, look, man, you know me, I'm an outdoorsy guy. I, I love to hunt, fish, hike, bike. I'm, I'm into all that, you know, military stuff, prep, you know, uh, and, and although I was never in the military and I didn't, you know, I wasn't a SWAT team leader, you stuff. I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I can put on a good show as a weekend warrior, but I'm dying to get big Dan all gas. Oh, I can't up and wait. Big Dan sleeping on one of these little cots in a tent next to you. Oh my God. Snoring his brains out. So oh, man, that, <laughs> that's awesome. So, you know, I, so talk a little bit, you know, Tony about, you know, Obviously, the last couple of years, we, 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 we've been on the podcast with you during, you know, during the pandemic because the last couple of years have been really um, trying for all businesses. And, and I think, you know, just by what you just said about, you know, CEOs, companies want to bring people in to um, inspire and educate their teams. You know, how has like the last two years really um, changed, you know, the dynamic and mindset of yourself and, and your team to, you know, um, be more resilient, you know, utilize different skills and, and, and find creative ways to, you know, um, you know, whatever, let's call it market yourself in a different way. Like with this tangle one solutions, what are some of the things that you've noticed about coming? What is the need that you're filling there other than uh, an obvious one, like a, like an emergency response situation? Right. So I think resilience is one, I think. And that's what a lot of people are seeing is uh, no, no, in Canada, I don't want to speak for there. I mean, I think it's very similar, though, the, the gyms, maybe the food and restaurant industry, but the mm-hmm. gyms, because like, you can't get takeout from a gym, really. Right. And we saw it. We saw how quickly like the Zoom workouts were a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they weren't. And then you're seeing yep. like, you know, we're trying to market ourselves on the f- online platform versus a Peloton. It's just not the same budget. You know, it's not the same kind of thing where I feel like we, we crush those people when we're in person. So starting to realize that that is our strength. So yeah, we branched off. We, you know, we did what we had to do to survive, but at one point it was like, you know what, let's lean back into all into what we do best. And, you know, 
opportunity or distraction or unnecessary, whatever we had to do. But I find that resilience, like you said, is the great word, I think, for leading or, or staying together through those things. Like to me, that's a walking through fire and coming out the other side. And I think like we certainly did that and coming out stronger was a huge part of it. Uh, we had a, uh, a turnover in our team during that time, but it wasn't because they quit on us. It was because we actually helped them to get towards their goals. You know, Casey, you guys have all met him yep. left as a fireman. Nikki, who's still part of our team, I shouldn't say she left. She's on maternity leave here in Canada. You get nine to, you know, to 12 months to be with your newborn baby. So right. that's all huge. I mean, for me, that's positive things. Sure. Yeah. That's like fatherhood, man. Like watching yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my kids grow on. Right. Same. And replacing, replacing not we, uh, you know, we put a big, what you did before this pandemic was huge. And one of the things I put out early was well, you're going to find out who the real leaders are, who has sure. real, everybody can have a community, but very few have culture. So we're going to find out what you did on the front end because it's going to pay off over this. And it ended up lasting way longer than we thought, but everybody who put in that front end work to actually do very well, to do good things for people like your gym has and like mine and like a lot of it, you know, like Char and some of those great gyms that you're involved with, they've all put the work in and, and the people stuck with us, you know? And yeah. yeah, we saw some people walk away and some people leave and go different routes, but for the most part, people stuck with us and stood by us and brought more people in. And so I think it's, it's huge. Yeah. And that kind of led towards everything was we saw like, man, if we can keep all these people together in a closed gym, you know, for all these years and still, you know, paying, um, you know, subscriptions and still believing yep. in us, then man, how we can definitely teach us to some of these other places who really don't have culture because they don't necessarily, or they have leaders that just don't know the actual strain of leadership, which, you know, I, I was involved in some of the very, very high risk operations where, you know, you're making decisions that are, you know, based on keeping people alive and in a right. matter of seconds, right. Where we right. still have, you know, we have a day to plan our stuff usually at least in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. The gym doesn't tend to be life or death, although some people might think otherwise, but yeah, but, uh, but sure. Yeah. Nobody's getting, nobody's shooting at you in the gym. Hopefully. Right. So teams falling apart, like not, not teams like uh, in gyms, but teams everywhere. Yeah. And there's that demand just, just was created. And so, and you know, a lot of times too, in the emergency response stuff was created, like, we're not in Canada the same as, as with the States. There's not as many people that are, you know, worried about, you know, losing food or, or being uh -huh. able to sustain for themselves. And now there are, yeah, now there yeah. are. like, I feel like we have a lot more of that, you know, like the kind of, the, you say the zombie apocalypse uh, that you, that you've been training for your whole life. I've been prepping my whole life. Here. Yeah. Joe's <laughs> a genius. He knew they were coming. I knew it was coming. See? And, uh, you know, well, I think it, you know, it might only get worse in the immediate future you know, as the economy is kind of rocked a little bit right now, both in both of our countries um, and, and the gym businesses, yes, gyms like ours are booming but, and, and, and doing well and rebounding, but the overall industry is still getting absolutely crushed, right? And, and you know, I was just on the call with our CFO and he's like, you know, across the board, industry-wise, the industry is down and it's and moving slow right now. And, and so, you know, things are on the up. But you look at like what you just said, you know, scarcity of food and things like that. You know, now, you know, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's an invasion. Russia's invading Ukraine. It's kind of the breadbasket of Europe. You know, there's a big, they're talking about, you know, grain shortages and all this other stuff. Gasoline prices are through the roof, you know. So, you know, uh, I think, you know, if you've ever been thinking about, you know, prepping tactical, you know, uh, training and, and getting some weapons, that's probably the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean ammo, ammo is hard to come by right now, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, lots of stuff is that you won't, you don't necessarily like think about until war hits, right? Which is yeah. not, I mean, we've been through some, like maybe we just didn't hear about as much or maybe I didn't hear as much because I was younger during like mm -hmm. Desert Storm and those things. But sure, it is really some things that you never thought about before. And I can tell you, my freezer is full of meat. Oh, right yeah. Now, and, oh, yeah. You know, like, I think that's, that's wise just to lock in the cost. But yeah, like you said, dude, the gym's dying is like, yeah, we've come back stronger and added to our membership. We got more people, you know, now than we did before the pandemic. Yep. However, adding 10% or 20%, that cost has been added too. like with yes. lots of, you know, different products and just even just your cleaning supplies and, and your employees yes. yourself to go with the two locations to drive 30 kilometers to work. Right. How has, I mean, the gym industry is a little bit different, right? It's, it's a tough, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a more want for a better work-life balance with younger employees coming in where like, 
when 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 I got into the industry, especially because I've been in, doing it now for about 25 years, like it was the norm. And and I don't mean like like it was just something we accepted. It was the norm. Like when you got a job working in a gym, you work from six to 11. You took the after, mid, mid afternoon off and you came back and you worked from three thirty four o'clock till eight, nine p.m every single day, right? Monday through Friday. And then Saturday you'd work like, you know, and, and back then Saturday shift could be like seven to five at 5 PM. Right. It was a terrible, terrible work schedule. And, and so like my team, me, Dan, even like Mike yourself, like when you're starting a business as owners, you always do this terrible schedule. But you know, one of the things we realized is like, I think the pandemic really brought to light people's GSF or that give a shit factor for having some of their own personal time wants hobbies you know and, and and we're very cautious now about overworking people and maintaining their personal energy and helping them to foster their own life outside the gym you know and what do, do you see something similar in canada in terms of hiring people and like like you know there's not too many people that want to come in and work from six in the morning till eight o'clock at night right now right in fact i think that's why we're getting such great people because we started, uh, it's funny, is one of the conversations with is either with you or with Dan, when I lost my first full-time employee, like mm -hmm. uh, Marissa, if you remember her, she was mm -hmm. a, a yep. 2K machine there. Yep. She, you know, she left and I, one of you guys said, well, why did, you, why did she leave? And I'm like, well, she wanted to do this and this and this. Well, but why did she leave? Like, there has to be something that's on you as the leader. It's always yep. your, it's always your fault, fault. right? It's my, <laughs> my, I'm the problem. I'm the solution. Why did she leave? Well, a lot of it was that, man. Like, who wants to work here when you have to work those schedules? And I think yeah. a lot of times when you're, especially in the beginning, we're just so used to it. It's like, just, that's the way it is, man. This, yeah. this, but this is my business, my baby. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not bought in like that. So providing people with always working towards getting a better schedule that had a better life balance, which now we, you know, I think now we have a great schedule Yeah, uh, really just got the buy-in from our team. And, and I think like, you know, I talk about a word for like leaders is like protector. Like your mm -hmm. job is to protect your team at, at, at all costs, really. Right. And and as long as they are working their butts off for you and loving and, you know, holding that, you know, um, living your core values, then you mm -hmm. do that. And like when all this hit, that was the first words from me to them was you will get paid. You will like your your job continues. Yeah, you know, yeah. Unless this gym closes, your job continues. And that's, you know, just bury that home and make people trust you. Sure. Sure. So you mentioned culture a couple of times and it's funny because, you know, uh, like two or three days ago, I don't think it's hit the airwaves yet on our email, but you know, um, I wrote an email about culture because I, I, I had a conversation with a couple other gym owners and this, this really is part of what prompted me to want to talk to you because I know that culture means much more to you than just like, you know, an Xbox in the break room or some extra snacks in, in, in the front or like, you know, a handshake hundo here and there, right? All those little things that a lot of people mistake that stuff for building a culture like, oh, I take the team out for some beers or, oh, you know, I put a TV in, in an Xbox in the break room. And, and those things are fun. Like, that's just fun ancillary. But nobody's staying in your business for, you know, 10, 15 years because you put an Xbox in the front. So, you know, what what does culture building mean to you, Tony? Like, what? give me give me like a, a, a some tangible things that you do on the regular that have really helped you build culture. Right. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. Cause that's the kind of the case with Marissa too, was the um, you know, yeah, we pay for, you know, dinner and, and center on courses and all these things. But at the end of the day, that, you know, that's not still doesn't make up for us working six to 11 and then three right. to eight, nine every day. So what do we do for culture is like from day one, you get honestly once you get culture going it's it's easier to keep going than it is to get started i find but yeah from day one it's like this is how we do it here which right. is little things like you know like we walk out of this building together you know right. like last night i'm here i'm not working i came in to work out and it's 8 30 and my staff is here closing up the easy thing for me to do is like see you see ya you know good luck with the closing list but instead you know i grab some garbages you know we wait until we all have our bags and our lunch boxes and whatever else. And we walk out mm -hmm. this building together and That's together great. is like the kind of the key, I think to everything. And mm -hmm. yeah, we do the team outings, but it's constantly also asking like, like it's, it's a, a keyword, a buzzword on Instagram these days, but like servant leadership. Yep. What can I do for you? Like, how can I help you? What can we do? 
and you know uh, culture is also in my opinion that what's worked so well is like hire great people based on your core values give them a sure. job man, and then leave them the can i swear on this yeah i can right yeah, yeah of course of leave course. them the fuck alone like, fuck give them a yeah. job and leave them, a, leave them the fuck alone you know like i right. that is i think what yeah, yeah really has solidified our culture and now you just see like nobody ever walks in late for our meetings ever right you know and if they do i know it was a legitimate reason because right. like Nikki, little Nikki will say like, Hey, we don't do that here. And I don't yeah, have to say yeah, yeah. anything anymore. Right. And the members know like, Hey, we don't duck out of a, a workout. We don't put headphones in. We cheer each other on. Like it's just, it becomes known just how we do it here. I, I always thought that, you know, for myself and obviously not, I come from a sports background. I come from a, a, a high level martial arts background where there was lots of structure and and you in 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 sports on a sports team and on in the martial arts studio or in competition, you're always trying to build this great culture because you know you look at like great teams like Brady in the Patriots and the Tampa Bay. It's it, it's it's not that he's fantastic, but you have to have a team lift in order to make this you know in order to make this process happen. And and so I always thought that you know great culture came down to clarity you know, number one, and that's just being super clear, I think. And I don't want to get down the weeds of like systems here, because that's not what we're talking about in this podcast. But I think clarity also comes from, you know, the clarity of like expectation, job duties, you know, and, and I think I think culture erodes very quickly when people are confused about what they're doing, who's doing it and things like that. So I always thought clarity was a big part of building culture. And one of the things that I've, I've always been good at is that operation side, the system side of our business. So I think having those things locked down, you know, created a lot of clarity for the team and, and allowed people to do their jobs in a, in a, in a much more efficient way, which makes people ultimately makes people more happy, makes people happier because, it's not like every day it's like, you're coming in like, I don't know, I'm, I just wait for Joe to tell me what to do today, you know, type of stuff. Right. So you had some clarity there and, and, and other things, you know, that I thought was like, um, that were really, really important was, um, you know, you, you know, you know, my, you know, our favorite phrase here is GSF that give a shit factor. Right. And, and I've always been very detail orientated and, and, to the point of, you know, where Dan is like, dude, you're like the old Italian guy outside sweeping the front lawn and, 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 you know, you're too anal about shit. But I also think that how you do anything is how you do everything. And so before you said like, well, Nikki will tell him to do this or I'll, I'll wait for everybody. It's your action. It's your everyday action that really drives the culture. And, and so can you specifically identify some of the repeatable actions that were important to you when you started the business and you thought about creating this culture in your gym? Like what were some of the things that were important to you? Like, you know, like showing up on time and things like that. You said with your meetings, like what were some of those things? Yeah. Always showing up on time is, is a huge one. I think of uh, uh, dress like we, you know, this is yeah. what's acceptable here. Um, the, the mission statement. I mean, I, mm -hmm. SWAT is about missions and achieving the mission. And that's one thing we always, and so even when it was, just Danny and I, the members always knew the mission, mm -hmm. right? So like it was always just as much the member's responsibility to, to achieve the mission as it was, right? I like to say mission over man. I mean, you could put mm -hmm, a woman mm -hmm. in front of that. That's just mm -hmm. a figure of speech, but mission over man has always been like a SWAT thing, right? Like we all have lives in that 18 guys. And there was only guys at the time. There's plenty of women doing that job. And when I was on there, it was 18 guys and we all have families and, and this and that but like if we don't all come in all 18 of us when they need us well i'm letting down like i'm yeah. valuing mine over there so we need so that we can all have our families and all have our lives we need to accomplish the mission and that's that's a huge thing it's always been like that so there's a lot of members here with a lot of responsibility like we will sure. go up and i you know we laughed about it when i never i didn't have systems to onboarding systems and and my onboarding system was like Hey, Joe, you've been training here the longest. This guy here, Tony's about to, he wants, he's wants to try the gym. Can you take him around today and just like, make sure he's good. And yeah. the member would sell it, man. Like, yeah. it, but it, cause it was just so authentic and like gives them place and gives the members like a true, true feeling sure. of this is their house. You know, like I will never take a drop in fee from a member. March break just passed. There's people down for vacation. You never take a drop in fee for somebody like that because they're never going to be a member here. What do I care about an extra 20 bucks? I want that Same. member to say like, 
hey, come visit my house. Come have dinner with my family. Essentially is what that I want it to feel like their workouts here. So that's that's Same. it. Those are those are always been the things. Yeah, no, I think that's super important. I've always tried to lead by example. I thought it was really important to, to you know, to be a doer. Right. And, and we'll get to the words of leadership in a second. Some of the things that we wanted to talk about, but like one of my words of leadership was be the, be the doer, be, be, you know, don't be the one that walks past a, a full go- overflowing garbage. It's like, Hey, do me a favor and take out the garbage. Just grab the damn garbage. You know what I mean? And do it. And, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, you go in the bathroom, like, you know, and this is something, again, I, I, I use cleaning as examples because it's something that's a major pet peeve to me, because I do believe that it, it is, it is a showcase of that give a shit factor that we talk about. And, and, and so like, you know, like I go to, I go into the bathroom to use the bathroom and every single time, and you could ask my entire team, there is not, there has not been one single time that Joe's gone in the bathroom where I haven't cleaned the entire bathroom every time I go in there. And I always wipe down the counters, clean the mirrors, check the toilets, make sure everything looks good. I'm just setting the stage. And whether or not anybody ever follows my example ever, at some point, somebody might. And maybe it's Jim, our newest hire. Maybe it's Alex, one of our newer hires. Maybe it's Dan, whoever. But to seeing Joe clean that damn bathroom 500 times in the 15 years we've been here and say, you know what? Maybe, I, maybe that's the way. Maybe that's what I should be doing, you know? So, yeah, I've got a great example of that. So we're running a, uh, we were running, this is five years ago, a, uh, like basically a hell week for our mm-hmm. recruits into the SWAT team. And our whole team is there for these things. And we, we go to a military base and it's a pretty cool place. We got a big mess hall kitchen. You'd love it. You know, big, huge, like bigger than my desk, the cooktop. And, oh. you know, it's, it's, it's great place because I really think like teams are built, um, at the, at the dinner table, right? Yeah. Teams are built at the dinner table. That's always been a thing. And it's always been part of that. So you want to build a family. We have dinner mm-hmm. together every night, right? So that was part of it. And uh, some some brass come in. We call them white shirts in my line of business. And mm-hmm. uh, they come in. And, and <laughs> these guys were supposed to be leaders, right? They're, they're leaders by rank. Right. We talk about leadership is not about rank. Leadership is about influence, example, yes. you know, experience, knowledge. And, you know, rank can definitely influence it. Sure. Um, and these guys, I watch a guy, he has a cup of coffee. One of the junior guys did what he should do and got him a cup of coffee and finishes his cup of coffee and he throws the, the coffee cup. He misses the can, but nobody really sees him, but I see him and I see, he knows he missed it. And I see him look around and then he just walked right by it. And I'm like, you know, that is what you do when people aren't watching yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, who yeah. you are. Right. And, and that is example of like, not one guy on my team would ever walk by that, yeah, you know, yeah, styrofoam yeah. cup. Not to mention, if you would have saw me miss it, you would have just walked over. You would have had to like, I would have had to race you to it. To yeah, get yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That you know that that styrofoam cup, and it's such a small thing, but it is like you said, like how you do the little things and how you do the yeah. things when nobody's watching. Because man, you can't be at that business. I mean, you used to be there every minute of the day, but you don't. You got a kid now and stuff. Like you don't. You right. can't be there every day. So these people have to do these little things, or or sure. your business will suck. Sure. Sure. You know, it's funny. This made me think of some, obviously, you know, Joe DeFranco, right. And, and, you know, he's a big industry, great and a great strength coach. And for the longest time, he's always like posted on his Instagram when people leave like their carts in the middle of the, of the shopping centers and shit like that. And he just like go on rants, like, what the fuck? and he's like videotaping some dude and they, and the, and the guy's like, and he just leaves his cart and like gets in his truck and, and Joe like bugs on him and stuff like that. But it's, it is those little things that you, that, that I think, you know, rub off. And I, I, you know, somebody said something, you know, to me and it was like, you know, you do the things that you would want your son or daughter to see you doing to emulate, like in everybody that has kids has this dream of raising these like, perfect humans right and and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna tow a moral high ground they're gonna be respectful they're gonna be hungry humble committed to their life and their own personal excellence and and then and then their mom or dad expects them to do that and you know dad you know doesn't do those little things or dad's you know smoking heaters doesn't take care of his body you know uh like you said is you know leaves the leaves the leaves the shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot and then expects the kid to do something different one day you know that or you know doesn't hold the door or doesn't say nice things to your wife or talks to your talks to your wife a certain way and then how do you expect your son to speak to the girls that he's going to date at some point if you speak to your wife like 
like she's trash, you know? So man, and so many people too, I find I would get into this parenting rant, but you know, you're signing up your kids for, for travel this and travel that sport. And then, then you're trying and you're, you're telling me it's not because I wanted to go pro fuck off. It's not, it is right. But you also know there's only point zero zero one. It's so they can learn to be part of a team. Great. That's a great lesson. Then you get in the minivan and all you do is bitch about the other dad and the other players on the team and why they got the playing time. You know, you, you hear this and you're teaching that kid how to be on a team right there. That is yeah. now when that guy comes to work for me, first thing he's doing is laying blame on somebody else when that doesn't work. You know, yeah. and that's that's where like, you know, what you say and what you do around your children and children being the members of your gym, the member like, like yeah, you should be yeah. the father. If you're the leader, you should be the father figure or matriarch yes. of that place, right? So how you talk and and giving also giving like your children or or your employees excuses like, oh my my boy's just tired. That's why he's he's acting like that. You know, you and I know as adults that the kid kids act up when they're tired, but he's not going to hear me assert that his be his terrible behavior is okay. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that, that's the same for your SWAT team. That's the same for your business team. It's the same for your relationship. Yes. That's like a great point. People making concessions. Not okay. Yeah. Yeah. People making concessions. Oh, he, he was tired. You know, Oh, yeah. he worked all weekend or, Oh, he's he, just stressed. Okay. Right. So, so it's okay. And I'm just using he, my big Mike would never do something like this, but like, obviously, you know, big Mike very well. And he's been our, our general here for a decade. And now he's our GM, right. And he's on the floor right now, coaching, right. You know, Mike has a tough week, you know, and, and, and works all weekend or loses in a competition, right. Doesn't win a kind and comes in on Monday and is a miserable bastard to everybody else. Like, and it's like, Oh, well, you know, Mike's just having a bad day. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, leadership. And it's funny that, you, you know, you know, again, I know we could, we could, we could, we could talk about bad parenting for a hundred thousand years, but, and, and I'm not pretending that I'm like this, you know, world-class, you know, perfect dad or anything like that, but I'm doing my damnedest. But I do think that it's having kids has made me a much better leader because it has tr- made me so much more self-aware of my, of my, my personal energy, my actions, the, the words that come out of my mouth. I'm so much more careful about what I say and do on a daily basis that it's, definitely spilled over into my business too, where I'm very cautious about, or, or are conscientious, not cautious, conscientious about the way in which I speak to the ladies who work for me about the way in which I go and make sure that I, I shake hands and say hello and good morning to everybody who's working here and things like that. And, and just like I would expect, like, you know, when my wife gets up in the morning, Antonia and I downstairs, it would be like her getting up in the morning. Nobody says good morning to each other. Yeah. And everybody just says like, Hey, you know, we just go about our day. Right. And, and, and that happens a lot. And that's probably why a lot of couples get disconnected. And it's probably why a lot of teams, whether it's business or like in your case, a SWAT team or professional sports teams get disconnected because nobody's communicating well, nobody's talking to each other and nobody feels bought in. Nobody's buying yeah, in. I think just parenting is just a great way for people to really see it because you are really molding them. And maybe you don't view that person yeah. who comes to your gym as somebody you're molding. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not right for me to be stressed and take it and take out that negative energy on somebody else. It's not right for a member to take it out on a, or a team member of mine, right? It's all the same. And if you look at everybody as your children, if you're the yeah. leader, you're looking to protect. And if you want to yeah. talk about children, what are you doing? You're protecting them, right? So protecting and developing and that, that's what you should be looking to do every single day. And then the people that you're looking up to, man, like hopefully the same thing. Like there's somebody who's pulling me this way or that yeah. way as well. There should be in your life. If you, for sure. You know, we all have coaches. We, you were my fucking, I, I keep swearing. I, it's I okay. You could, you could swear. You could swear. Because you're a mentor. I feel guilty about it. You know, you were my coach and there's, I'm, there's no shame in that. And you went from friend to coach to friend and still a guy yeah, I yeah, yeah. all the time. And same. And, and, and I think that's the way it should be because, you know, you have different skills that I don't have. So, uh, you know, you can be my mentor in a lot of ways, you know, and I can be yours. Right. And that's what, that's what I think, uh, you know, again, another leadership tactic is in my opinion, another word, great word of leadership is, is inclusivity. Right. And, and, and somebody who tries to find ways to include people and accept people into their circle, um, for different skill sets. I think, I think, I think bad leaders exclude people based on fear and, you know, ignorance and things like that. And, and, and so like a lot of men, you know, push other men away because, you know, they're afraid of whether it's masculinity looks, you know, success, you know, obviously a big measuring 
stick for a lot of CEOs, like you said, and or business people or other men is that, you know, is money and success. Right. And so men will tend to push each other away, but I think great leaders are inclusive and they, and they look at, they look at building a network uh, of people. And I look at when I build my team here at varsity house, it's not like how many people can I find that are like me? So I feel comfortable. It's how many people can I find that are better than me at X skills. The place would be a disaster if everybody was like you. And I don't mean that in a <laughs> shitty way. Be the cleanest damn gym in Jersey. It would, it would, right? But it, 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 that's the, that's the 100% truth. Like you and Dana, you have a lot of similar qualities, but you're very different. Me and yeah. Danny, we're, we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's hard to believe we're married sometimes the way that we like, <laughs> like how, how different we are, but sure. And that's what you want. Like you don't want, you can't have a whole team of back catchers. You got to have different, different people to play with different skills to play different yeah. positions right and the more the more vast that industry is and the more you know hats you're trying to wear the more important yeah, yeah, yeah. It is because well, it happens a lot in business though it happens a lot in business where ceos big business even in politics right like certain you know presidents cabinet members they bring in people that are just like them a whole bunch of yes and yes sir yes sir yes sir and then it winds up imploding really quickly so um, hey, let's let, I, I wrote down a bunch of words, right. That I, that I think, and I, and I know I had asked you to kind of do the same ahead of time and talk about like, what are some of the words that you think are really pertinent to leaders? And we've covered a couple of them. Right. And, and I kind of thought about like, you know, what we could do here is like, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll put out a word and we just kind of like talk about its importance or, or lack of, um, in, in the realm of leadership. So you kind of mentioned this one, um, and, and that's, you know, and that's compassion, being compassionate with other people. You know, I, I think personally that in my time knowing you, that's probably one of your best leadership skills that I've seen you be, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, you see, you come off as super compassionate. Um, you're a great listener and someone who's really um, understanding of other people. How has that played a role in, in, in your success and, or in your team's success? Yeah, I think that the skills that you you get really good are the ones you probably sucked at at one point in your life. And I, I know for sure when I was first named team leader, I was like freaking 26. And now there's guys 35, you know, 38, 39, 40 years old that I'm, I'm tasked with leading and they had more experience and they had, you know, they had families and all these things. And I think I didn't always, you know, I didn't always like take into account, like how will that make them feel? Uh, and maybe it was like, I did too much of like, Hey, you're going to be number one and you're going to be two and you're going to cover all I'm, without getting into all the positions mm -hmm. without saying why and why right. I think you're excellent at that or why I need you back there and why I trust you to be back there. So like compassion, I think is a, is a big one and, and clarity. Like they all kind of they bind into each other, sure. but for sure, compassion and empathy is one that I've really worked hard at because I found that, you know, a lot of times I wasn't doing enough listening and I was doing way too much talking and, yeah, uh, yeah. The more you listen to your team, the more they're bought in on what you are, you know, mm -hmm. on this mission. And then the more they know that they were heard, considered, and it doesn't have to be that they're, that it's actually put into action, their idea, right? It has to be heard and considered and maybe some of it, all of it, or none of it will be used. So I think yeah. that's a huge one, man. I, like, I, I think I've struggled here a little bit myself too. You know, I, I, I don't know, because, you know, I, I maybe because my, my you know I had, a, I, had a, I had a tough upbringing you know I was always very very self sufficient and 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 so some of that expectation might flow to other people so and create maybe a lack of compassion for people's faults and or my perceived or my perception of their lack of motivation or giddy up and things like that right and and, and like you said I, it, it took some real self reflection to. To, to be able to say to myself, no, I just need to sit down and listen to them and find out what their driver is, because there's something that's going to motivate this person. And maybe it's not money. Maybe it's not, you know, again, like we said, this is my business. This is this, these are our businesses. So the motivation is kind of built in and intrinsic. So I think, you know, it took me a long time. I probably say, like I said, I was probably 30, you know, plus 35 to where I, I really started to, be, to, to, understand how to listen well and be really empathetic and compassionate to my staff and my team um, and not put them in my shoes. I think that was something that was hard for me was I was always like, yeah. why can't they do this shit? I did this. I walked uphill both ways in the snow, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah, like, <laughs> for sure. And like listening a lot of times when people come in here with their problems and why they can't get to the gym and it's, you know, I hear, you know, I, I always use the classic, like, Hey, my report cards are due. 
And I'm like, oh, fucking your work guys, come on. Like, is that really that stress? Like in my head, it's like, you know, that's not like dead bodies and murders and shootings. Like, right. You're fine. Yes. But for that person, that's, if that's their maximal stress at their employment, like, that's their maximal stress. They don't know the difference. Like there's, they don't, they don't have that report card is the same as their dead baby. You know, like that's kind of where I yeah, used to yeah, not yeah. really be able to put that together. Now I can actually yes. use compassion, be like, yeah, that's their dead baby. And then explain to them, like maybe lend the perspective. Of, it's <laughs> that's, not. A, that's a terrible analogy. Mark. It is a terrible <laughs> analogy, but that's, that's the dark world I used to live in. I would write people off that way. And like you said, it's just kind of the same idea as you is like, yeah. So, so why can't you do it? To speak on that a little bit, I think because we, you know, I, again, I, I didn't come from your background uh, of law enforcement, but, you know, I come from, you know, a single mom, you know, kind of, you know, real hard, you know, upbringing where I was, I was jaded because, and maybe that sets the bar of, of stress a little higher. Like I can tolerate more of the day-to-day life stress than like you said, somebody else who, maybe, you know, had the Brady Bunch family life and had it, had a pretty cushy go. And, you know, and I'm not picking on the teachers of the world, their jobs are hard and stuff, but like, you know, isn't getting shot at, isn't getting potentially stabbed and things like that. We're not trying to make, make light of their job. It's just, it's sometimes when, when you're coming from the stress I was, especially when I first started this gym, I was like, I was still living that stress, working midnights coming in here. And then listening to that after I was like literally three hours from ramming yeah. a car into a tree and ripping somebody out of a, a broken car window. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where it was like very hard. Yes. Now, now my, now my stress is much like that. And now my stress is like, <laughs> Oh my, the, my, I didn't get my scorecard done today. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think like you said in it, like I, I always make that Bobby Maximus when he used to go up there and he draw that, the circles of comfort zone circles, yes. you know, that was always yes. one of his favorite little tools. Yes. I think it's true. Like the, the more time you spend rowing, at like, you know, an 85% maximum heart rate, the more you start to understand what that actually feels like when yeah. the first time you get there, you're like, remember the first time being in Salt Lake city at that altitude, oh. it's hundred degrees. And I'm like, right. I think I'm literally going to die. Yes. Like, and, but the more times we did that, the less I felt like, right. I was gonna die, right. right. So the bigger, the broader my horizon, the bigger the circle of comfort, I guess, got for sure. So, um, next one I have is, is respectful or respect. And, and a show of respect. Um, you know, I, I've, I, for me personally, like, you know, I'm from Jersey. I got a little bit of a truck driver mouth. Right. And, and I tend to swear, but, uh, but I've always been incredibly respectful um, to, to, to my people and anybody, anybody like, you know, anybody I meet, I always thought that um, a great way to get people to buy into your brand, meaning you, you as a human, um, was to treat them, their family, their friends, and like what they do with respect. So again, like somebody comes to me and tells me that, you know, they're a trainer or whatever I, to respect what they're doing, to listen to them, to speak to them in a way that doesn't come off like, Oh, Oh, well, I own three gyms and I'm this, you know what I mean? Like some guys can be like that. So, right. you know, how, what are some ways in which, you know, you try to show mutual respect for people. I, yeah. I, this one was a, was a, a quick one to train because uh, going into bad guys houses, right. Or maybe even just not even bad people, just lower income people where I just wasn't used. I hadn't lived like that in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and same with the bad people going into their homes and we need to establish a line of communication so we can solve this problem. So going in there as the, like, the TV cop, the one that everybody hates, or that one, that one right. cop that everybody associates to all of us, the guy who gives everybody fucking traffic tickets. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. that guy going in there and saying, you will do this and you will do that. That doesn't work. Right. Going in and saying like, listen, this is your house, Joe. And we need, I'm here because we need to solve a problem. How can we do that? Like that's get, like now I've, yeah, yeah. I've put that on you. You give me the solution. That's that's respect. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's giving that person respect, and re- then respecting what they say and saying, well, "Well, I don't think like lawfully we can do that." Or, but that also comes right down to business. Like, sure, you know, like my brother-in-law, you had him on the call, Joe. He's, I mean, he's the first actual true sales expert we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I'd done a lot more gym sales than he had. He walked in here, and he had some ideas, and I was like, Poof. "I'm like, okay, well, you tell me what you think you should do." And I had to like. That had always been my end of this business. And I had to swallow mm-hmm. my pride and say like, 
I yeah. respect your experience. And now what do you think? And what do you think about that? And he'd give ideas. And now, you know, he's killing it. And now he's telling me what to do. He's telling the rest of the team what to do. And like, that's why he's on there today, listening to you. And I hope he's yeah. going to be coming up your way in uh, May. I he's think. doing great. I mean, I, I, you know, one of the things that I say to everybody, and I, I talked to Dan, because obviously my role here has kind of transitioned or transcended it you know, off of the accountability chart and off of the day-to-day operations for the gym business. And Dan is now the CEO. So really the only, only person that I'm coaching on a day-to-day basis is Dan and, and, and some of the leadership team, you know, uh, uh, here and there. And one of the things I always say to everybody is I, I don't care what anybody comes to you with. I don't care. I don't care if Jim comes to you with a problem with his shoelaces or, you know, Simone, you know, wants to take a day off because she wants to go, to a concert or whatever it whatever it is like kind of like what we said about the stress levels their, their perceived um importance of something which could easily be misconstrued as being something so minor and stupid that you blow it off or an idea so I mean, hey i think we should do this and you're like that's dumb right which a lot of people have done and i've definitely done that in the past i'm like dude that's the stupidest idea i ever heard right and that just squashes people so fast and it just really crushes them and, uh, and, and, and so one of the things I always say to everybody is, Hey, listen to everything, listen to everything, acknowledge everything, say, say smile and shake your head to everything. And, and, and always just finish with, let me process that. Let me think about that. Let me see how we can work that in. If it's a good idea, we'll bring it to life. If it's not, I'm not guaranteeing it's going to happen, but, but I, I, I definitely, I definitely think it has legs, you know, we, and, and I, we sit around table all the time. People bring idea. We should do this for marketing. Okay, great. But how does that fit into the model of the business? Is it good for our team? And can we actually make it come to life in a way that's going to be good for the clients, right? As opposed to just be, being like, nah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think you made a great point at the start of that. It's something like we had Riley who worked here forever. And she's, uh, you know, she's 21, 22 years old. So for her to go to the Labor Day party on the boat <laughs> is literally just as important to her at that moment in her life as it is for me to go to my son's t-ball game. Yeah. You know, and I think we kind of like, again, with like the stress, like maybe mm-hmm. now at 38, I realize 38, but maybe when I was at 38, what I realized at 43 and versus 28, they've all changed. And, and yes, but at that moment in my life, if I can put myself into her shoes and realize that, like, it's not more important what you have there. And I, I do that same Joe, man. I, uh, I rip on a lot of ideas here, but I, I'm the first to admit, and it probably gets into another one of our words that you're that yeah, you yeah, hit yeah. on is like, ah, you know what? I blew that off. I'm sorry. I thought yes. about it. And I think you, you know, you really have some traction here. If we really put our heads together, they come back and swallowing your, uh, your pride the next day and say like, yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah. I, I was being stupid. I shouldn't be acting like that. Nobody should act like that. And now the team sees you yeah, you know, admit, admit to being wrong. I, well, that brings up, you know, another word is, you know, accountability and ownership, you know what I yeah. mean? And, and, and that, like, like you said, you know, I, I've, I've made many, many, many mistakes uh, but the one mistake I didn't make was, was being too big to admit them. Right. And that's, that's, I think that ultimately that I think as a leader, like you said, our job is to, is to protect our job is to inspire. Our job is to make decisions, right? You have to be a problem solver and you have to make decisions every day. And, and sometimes whether it's in business and life for your kids, right. There's times when me and my wife, we don't know what the right decision is. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Should I, you know, my son's got a sinus infection. Should I send him to school? Uh, doctor said it's okay. He doesn't look okay. And she's look, she's staring at me, waiting for me. Like, you must decide. Tell us. <laughs> you know, you're the leader. Like, tell me, right? And it's like, all right, so don't send them. Okay, what do we got to do then? We got to get my, you know, we got to get daycare. We got to get a babysitter. It's like the whole nine, right? And that's that's just on the personal level. But here in the business, it's it's you're you're making decisions for the business, especially the last two years when it's like, I don't fucking know what's going to happen here. If we're going to be in business in two years, like we got to make decisions. And and so it's better to decide. Right. And, and sometimes be wrong than to sit on your hands and never decide and sit there like what should we do and just be kind of terrified. So I've made lots of decisions on the fly and and many of them at back, back in our face. And, you know, that's when you have to say. Hey, hey guys, you know, you face the whole team. Hey, that last campaign we ran, that was terrible. Or that email that we sent, I'm sorry that, you know, we got a lot of backlash from that. Or, Hey, or, Hey, the other day when I came in, you know, I had something in the parking lot. I know you were trying to talk to me. I just kind of walked past you and blew you off. That wasn't cool, man. I'm really sorry about that, you know? And, uh, or uh, the other day in a meeting, you know, I kind of cut you off and I was a little sharp and it made it sound like I was shitting on your idea. And, and that's not cool, man. I apologize for that, you know, and, and, and doing it in front of the other 
team members is kind of important too, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, we have our second gym in Kingsville. It's much smaller than here. Um, but it's like, it's, it's like on fire there. Like it's, it's a great thing. And these great people and they're all bringing their friends and we reopened partway through, we took on all these new memberships excited, right? We needed, I, frankly, we needed the money, frankly. Right. And, and we want to grow that community. We have a lot of room in that gym. What I didn't take in consideration was all these people signed up and they all wanted to come at five and six in the morning. And at five and six in the morning, we were already jammed from 7 a.m. on, we could take a hundred members. We could not take one more member probably before. And we ended up taking these people on, which caused backups in our classes. And, you know, people that have been there forever now couldn't get into their classes on a consistent basis. So, you know what? I got the whole tribe on zoom. And I, I, I said, you know, I did not account for that. I got overexcited. We didn't take this into account. We didn't, you know, we didn't consider this. The problem exists. I can't just fire people from their contract. So we need to come up with a solution. Please help. And like, that's, that's accountability. That's That's amazing. And it sucked and it's my fault. However, I can't do anything about it. What can we do? How can you help me come up with a solution? What can we do? And if you want out, because I haven't given you your work, I have, I've defied my word to you, then that's fine too. And we'll shake hands and it's my fault, not yours. But if we can make this work, you know, we can do something great. And, and it worked. We lost maybe a member or two, but like the, the people worked together and they started policing it on their own and came up with some gentlemen's rules. And like, you know, you put that back on them. You, you yeah. say, it's my fault. Put it on them to come up with a solution and help me not put it on them to come up, but help me with a solution. And man, it, it worked out. I, I mean, that's, that's real. A great that's, one. that's, I mean, that's great for any of the gym owners listening, you know, and, and because I, I will say that I, I do admire the hell out of you and your, the vulnerability in which you express to your community as well throughout this and, 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 you know, through the pandemic, but like in, in a situation like that, it could easily be like, you know, a lot of gym owners that are disconnected from the business, like F it, you know, whatever, it's a good problem. We got too many people that want to get in at five and 6am, like put them on a wait list or whatever. Right. Or, or they, they'll figure it out. Right. But by going to your community, you do a bunch of things. One, you, you show your vulnerability and your authenticity and people are like, Hey man, like we, we, we didn't anticipate, you know, the entire gym here wanting to come at the same time. Right. That's one. And two, you know, you, you, you empower people to, to take ownership in, in, in that community, right? Like, like together we solved the problem they solved the problem. So, you know, they weren't, and, and, and I think that's worked out well for us a few times. I took some cues from you guys when you did, when you were doing your community meetups and things like that. And we did something similar where, you know, we were having a problem with the booking into classes. Like people were, you know, booking out a month in advance into classes and similar type of thing where like, you know, the same classes were the same 10 people had 6 a.m. booked for, you know, three months out in perpetuity yeah. and stuff like that. And a lot of people were getting mad and it was the like toilet paper thing. hoarders. We always call them. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we, you know, <laughs> don't we, be the we, person we... taking the toilet paper that we always say <laughs> in our gym now. <laughs> and, and, you know, so we, you know, same thing. We did the community meetup and we say, Hey, what's the solution here again? Cause, because I want to make it fair so people could book out a week or, or get the classes they want, but, but we have to let other people into class. Like, you know, there has to be something for everybody. And, and we came up with a, with a 10 day booking schedule, which is basically like you can book out classes 10 days in advance. So, so like, if I know this week, I could book from like today, you know, through, through next, basically through next Friday. Right. And that makes it fair. So it's like, Hey, everybody get in here and book your classes. And, and luckily, you know, we don't have at HQ here, we don't have too much of a capacity issue anymore just because of the right. size of the facility. But in, but in our smaller studios, you got to book your classes because, you know, you, you can't have, you know, it, with, with a small studio, you can't have an extra 10 people showing up on you one day and stuff like that. So, um, what about you, Tony? What are, what are some of the words that, that, that you thought of that were, you know, mission critical to being a great leader? Yeah, a few of them that we kind of mentioned, I, I'm going to go back to, I'd like to, to hit on the servant. I think you said, mm-hmm. why did, how did we, dis, how did we really create the culture in our team? And that's through like servant leadership. And what I mean is like, I said, we give people a job, but it's clear here from day one, like you, you really helped us with the accountability. And I think that's huge. Like, uh, you know, Joe's job is sales. Well, yeah. Okay. So this task is Joe. We're going to sell the shit out of this six week transformation or this new members that we're trying to get right now. Joe's job is that Joe's tasked with the, the overall project. He's the team leader of that project. Everybody else on our team now works for him. 
Mm-hmm. We all serve him. Right. And mm-hmm. then if it falls into my category, well, they all serve me. Like, we, you know, that leader is, and everybody yeah. else is there to, to help from their expertise and their specialty. And Joe's the one who's accountable. Cause you know, that the great saying from the book you put me on is if not, if more than one person is accountable, nobody's accountable. Yeah. So that servant being a servant and being looking to like, how can I help you at all moments of the day? Like from the first client that walks in here and what can I do to help you? Right. To the, to the guy who's over there working on, you know, the six week transformation project, what do you need help with? Yeah, and that's super always important. what I'm walking around here with. Like, I, I really, I just, I don't really do too much explaining these days. It's like, Hey, this is kind of what I want to do. This is where I see this going. Here's the mission, Joe, I'm assigning, we're going to task you with it. You, you up for the game. Yeah, I'll take that. I'd love to. And then like the next words out of my mouth is like, let me know what you need from me. Can yeah. I help you? And that's not like, what are you doing with that? Where's it going? It's, it's how can I help you? And that has just become contagious through everybody else. Yeah. I, I, I think like, you know, you're in a very similar position where you're not in the day to, you're not like operating the gym every day and not coaching, you know, every day, you know, uh, 40 hours a week anymore. So I kind of, I kind of view myself as like the, you know, magic Irving Johnson, you know, of, of my business. And I'm just trying to be the point. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to feed people layups all day. Right. So, so, you know, if I see like, you know, like, let's say I'll speak to Dan and Dan's like, yeah, we really need to, you know, close out March. I mean, this is lifetime and this is actually real business right now, you know, but Dan's like, Hey, you know, we're, we're basically a week away from the end of the, uh, from the end of the month from the end of the quarter. And we're super close to our quarterly financial goals. Like here's some loose ends that need to get, you know, tied up. Right. And so, you know, he'll put that in a Slack feed, right. With a bunch of bullet points. It's my job to go down that list and say, all right, so, you know, Mike's got to do X, Y, and Z on the sales side. Let me go to Mike. Hey, Mike, you know, do you need some backup on the sales? Do you need me to draw, you need me to get some emails out? You know, are there some, are there some old clients? Do you have an old client list that you want me to call? So I could take a little pressure off you, right? Like, you know, let me go through that list and see if there's a dozen people on there that I personally had good relationships with that I can call myself and, and foster that situation. You know, maybe Simone's got some operational stuff. We guys, we're still, we're stalling out a little bit with, um, you know, live time again, you know, we're stalling out a little bit with a hire for our front desk. Right. And, and, you know, so Saturday, this past Saturday, we were stuck here with no front desk staff. Right. And the coaches were kind of trying to run back and forth. So there was a little bit of an operational snafu. Right. Hey, you know, what can I do to help that issue? Cause that can't happen again. So if that means that I have to sit at the front desk, I'll sit at the front desk all morning on Saturday. I don't care. Somebody has got to sit at the front desk one and two, where do you need my support with the hiring process? Because we need to expedite this. And, and, you know, by the end of next week, we got to have a couple interviews going on. We got to get people in here. So, you know, uh, I, I think service leader to leadership is, is, uh, you know, I got that from Zingerman's and, and that, that's, uh, you know, it, it, for, for those, for the coaches, listen, if you want like a tactic around that, you know, Zingerman's in, in Ann Arbor mission, again, is a great book. Um, you know, um, guide to great service, and they have some really great resources on their website for service, you know, leadership, servitude, service, <laughs> we servant leadership. Couldn't get it out, couldn't get it out, and um, and and that's really made a difference, I think, in in the team. And and the last thing I'll say there and, and is education, right? What skills, what tools can I teach you? is is really a big thing like you know so like i know that that's something that's like you're teaching your team skills every day it's like what skills do you need you know what are the skills like what do you think would is going to help your career the most what do you think if i see somebody like alex our newest or one of our newer hired she she's a very high level athlete she has all the intangibles to be a really good coach her sales and the outward expression of her, of her ability to sell, to mark, to understand the brand of words and things like that was lacking. It was like, Hey, let's, you know, I want to meet with you every week for the first month you're here. Just me and you, we're going to shoot the shit and talk about, you know, how to speak our brand. What's really important. You know, the, the, the marketing, the sales stuff. And we, and she was like, wow, this was amazing. This is exactly what I needed. Cause I really just didn't feel confident. Like I didn't know the right things to say to people. Like if I was out and somebody asked me like, you know, oh, so, you know, what's varsity house all about? Like, how do I get my kids to train there? Uh, you know, call the gym, you know, that would yeah. be it instead of like giving them a really great, you know, you know, set of keywords. So, um, yeah. what's another one you got to, let's get one more in. Yeah. I don't, you can help me since you're the prof on this, but so my, 
the absolute thing in leadership, I think for me, my number one that I talk about all the time is like doing what's right, despite personal gain mm-hmm. or personal consequence. And I don't know what the word for that, maybe integrity, maybe something else, but doing what's right. Like, you know, during COVID, we had to make a lot of sure. tough decisions. And at first yeah. the decision was closed down based on the information we had and what we were reading and what I was learning. It just seemed like the right decision. And at a certain point, us as a team here, we didn't really agree with some of the rules. And, uh, you know, we had to, again, make we broke tough. all the rules. <laughs> we had, yeah. And it, you know what? And being a police officer and it, it, that was not, you know, I had to decide yeah, like yeah. my teaching my sons what's, and that it's right to break the law. Am I teaching them that it's, you know, right to yeah. obey a law? That's not fair. So anyways, we had to make decisions and, and I had to make those decisions despite, you know, I couldn't worry about my personal gain and my personal you know, like consequence, which could have been huge sure. fines, could have been, you know, being raided by the health unit. It, you know, it, so it wasn't because I want to make these people happy. I wanted to do what's right. And what's right for me was we talked about this place. The garage gym army is one, you know, we don't leave any person behind. It's in our mission statement. It's in our values. Mm-hmm. We stick together. And that was my, my point was we stick together. These people need health and fitness, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, we're sticking with you. And now you make the choice if, if this is the battle that you want to jump in with us. And, yeah. and thankfully we did that. And that's something that comes from years and years being put in, you know, there's positions. And when I was on SWAT where, you know, that a boss is like, Hey, you got five guys here, go in and get that bad guy. And it's like, you know what, like what to save some money. Cause you want me to like, you want to move me up the ranks because I show that I could save a few hundred, you know, a few thousand dollars on this call yeah, and do it and risk my guys, you know, like that's, you know, and get reprimanded for that is fine with me. I'd rather for be sure. reprimanded for, for saying no, than you know, than not. I, I mean, integrity is probably the word there. And, and, you know, um, have you ever read the book? Um, the four agreements. Yeah. Right. It's a pretty popular, you know, like, you know, uh, way to live your life book, man up book, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Right. Luis Miguel, something like that. Miguel. Yeah. Yeah. Luis Miguel. Exactly. And, and, you know, and he talks about, um, you know, always do your best, right. Always do your best. Right. Is one of the four agreements, you know, so no matter what it is, always do your best. And like, you just kind of say like, do the right thing, right. Like just do the right thing, you know, like, you know, and, and, and I've always, you know, again, I didn't always try to live that way. Right. I always, you know, again, I'm not saying I was cut quarters, like cheating people, shady or anything like that. But like, I think, I think it's, I think it's human nature, unfortunately, and you see it all the world in, in, in big business where, you know, we're sacrificing, you know, human lives for dollars. And that's just commonplace that that's, you know, on the unfortunate reality of humanity is that, you know, the dollar generally takes precedence over you know human safety and such right and hence the reason why there is such a giant conspiracy theory over the vaccines and over other things like that where it's like you know how the hell do i know the government's like well you can't trust the government and it's like okay well you're probably right because you know we've seen time and time again that you know big giant business and government is like well you know we cut that there could be a little arsenic in there arsenic won't kill nobody (laughs) it's no big deal no big deal you know i think pfizer just pulled a I was reading this morning in the Wall Street Journal that Pfizer just pulled a um, like a heart medication that has a, 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 like a class one carcinogen in it. It's like, oh, well, you find and and this the the response from like their media outlet was like, well, it, it, you find that stuff in 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 cold cuts and water and lots of other products but you know but but you know so it's not really harmful in in minimal quantities i was like okay but we'll just put it in our heart medication like like yeah man. you know like what's it mean, even doing in there like there was like, a period of time maybe the second time we were forced to close and we did for the first we complied for the first little bit and i can tell you it wasn't the people kept paying us it wasn't about money and it ate at me that i was doing what i didn't think was right and because, um, like, honestly, I was scared. I was scared to that we'd be chastised for opening, like, you know, take public scrutiny. Yeah. I was scared that we'd be fined. And, you know, like, it's okay to be scared. It's not okay to not have courage, right? To let that fear paralyze you. And that's what it did to me. And I, I didn't, I was harder for me to accept that than it was to, to be open and stand in front of these things. Yeah. Like once I started doing that, man, I had my mojo back. You know, I was back to being the leader, the, the protector that I was supposed to be. And I, I let that. that guard down. 
I love that. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I, 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 you know, I tried to do our best. Dan and I had so many, you know, late night conversations, like I'm sure you and Danny and your team did. And it's like, what do we do? What do we do? What's the right? It's like, you know, cause you know, you're always going to piss somebody off, right? We stay open. Somebody's mad. You close somebody's mad. Right. So, yeah. or, or, you know, you raise your prices. Somebody's mad. Right. You change your schedule. Right. The one person who loves coming to that class is all pissed off. Right? Yes. And, and oh so, my God. That's the killer one with you me. Know, I'm like, Oh, you haven't even come no. to this class. You're complaining. But I, I, I always looked at, I always looked at the, at, at, at the business, especially if we're talking about gym business, I always look at the energy of the team versus the energy of the people. Right. And, and, and it's like, you know, is this worth the energy expense from the team or is this worth the energy expense from our community? And, 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 you know, so like if it, if it means that the community has got to really change what they do and they can expend a lot of energy. It might not be worth it and vice versa. And it'd be like, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, why don't you have classes at, you know, in the late afternoon on Saturdays, we always, we get that a lot. Like how come there's no afternoon classes on Saturdays? It's like, well, because that doesn't fit into my model of conserving my team's energy. My team works very hard. We try to keep the team, you know, really highly educated, really highly motivated. And that means we have a little bit of a smaller team than, than maybe what like a normal health club our size would have. But the quality of service and the quality of coach is much, much higher. You know, nobody wants to work Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth of it. You know, it'd be like, you know, Big Mike wants to go home to his wife. You know, Adam wants to go home to his wife. Dan wants to go home to his family. You know what I mean? You know, and, and everybody else should have a reasonable expectation to have some high quality of life outside of the gym business that they're working in. Right. you know, I want, I want, you know, whatever James, Vinny, and some of the other crew to be able to go out with their friends and do their thing. Everybody's got to go out and, you know, tie one on and have a good time once in a blue yeah. moon. Right. You know, we're due for a good tie one on my friend. No, that's boy, for sure. Are we ever? Are we ever? <laughs> so, Hey, this was amazing. I, I mean, honestly, I could talk for another hour and we could just keep going down the list. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about. It was amazing to catch up with you, brother. Um, I'm, you know, I love you more than anything. You're like, you're like a brother. You guys have been so, so fantastically um, uh, generous and compassionate and all the great leadership words that we talked about today towards us. And it's an honor for us to, to, to be friends and to be comrades with you. So um, thank you again. Thanks for being here. And yeah, thanks man. for being I, our friend. I couldn't agree more. And I want to throw the very last word that I had written down. And that's been the thing that you and Dan have been for us. And the greatest thing you can give to everybody is, I think, as a leader is like presence. And you guys have been present for us through Thank everything, you. through thick and thin, you know, and, and supported us all, all to, I mean, right up to this afternoon. So I thank you uh, so much for that. I'm getting choked up. Yeah, <laughs> me thank too. you for that, man. And thanks for having me on here. Maybe of we can course. do a, a part B someday. Absolutely. We'll do it again. I mean, well, uh, you're, you're, you're our best yeah, you co-host, baby. You're our best co-host. So Tell everybody where they can get in touch with Tony. What are some of the outlets that if they want to follow you and, and get in touch with you, where can people find you? Best way to get in me is on Instagram at tango one underscore Tony simple at tango one underscore Tony or awesome. at the garage gym underscore. You can find me there too, but probably best find me and then you can find the other places. Awesome. Yeah. Follow this man. He's doing some great things. He's changing the culture and the community around him in, in his area and beyond. He's got lots to give to everybody and uh there's a lot more to come as soon as canada opens up their borders and he's actually allowed to get the hell out of there <laughs> can't wait so, tango one tony smith the garage gym everybody i hope you enjoyed it thanks my brother we'll speak soon thanks so much joe